0: Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the Original Strength Podcast. I have a very special guest this week, Ms. Brittany Lilligard, and I'm super excited to talk to Brittany because she is, well, she's very passionate, enthusiastic about the restorative and healing properties of plant medicines. And this is something I really want to learn a lot about, and I'm thinking it's going to be a fascinating topic for you as well. So guys, thanks for tuning in, and ladies and gentlemen, Miss Brittany Lilligard. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you, and I am so excited that you're open to listening to what I have to say about plant medicine.
0: I, I am all about uh, anything that can help the body restore itself, heal itself, help the whole person become the whole person, spirit, soul, body. So, yeah, I'm fascinated. So, give me what what are what is plant medicines? I'm, I'm not even sure like, you know, I, I know I should eat vegetables and things like that, but I'm not sure I know what plant medicines are. Um,
1: so plant medicine is uh, in some ways, it's a politically correct way of saying psychedelics. <laughs> Well, there you go. (laughs) Um, Generally, when people are talking about plant medicines, and if that's the term they choose to use over the term psychedelic, though, they're usually referring to more natural substances. So there's many, many, many different substances that can cause um, psychedelic uh, experiences, if you will. Uh, Some of them are natural. Some of them are synthetic. But then a lot of times as well, um, when people use the term plant medicine, they're Uh, expressing that they've used them for healing purposes rather than for recreational um, or other uh, uses
0: okay so no joke I really did have an idea of plants like you know green things and vegetables and fruits and things like that so okay so so mushrooms then would be psychedelics
1: Exactly. Yeah. Mushrooms, truffles, um, ayahuasca, which is becoming a bit more um, well-known, is also um, a natural uh, variation of DMT, um, but many, many, many others, but those are usually the two that most people hear or think about.
0: So then if they're, okay, so different sources, uh, and you said DMT, and I've heard Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast talk about DMT.
1: He's a huge proponent of DMT, yeah. He seems,
0: he seems to be. I saw an interview with him and Paul Stamets. Um, so how, uh, as far as, as healing medicines or plant medicines go, is there a, I guess, a spectrum or like different areas of healing that each medicine could be used for? Can Can you, like, this is you're the you're the boss. So can you educate me on how how plant medicines work?
1: Yeah. So um, first of all, I also think it's really important before we get too much further into the conversation. Um, I do currently live in the Netherlands where truffles Mm. are legal. So I just want to throw this out to everyone. Um, My experiences with plant medicines have been completely legal. Um, Unfortunately, uh, they are not legal in a lot of places, uh, which is really disheartening for me because they can be uh, such a wonderful way um, to heal. So to answer your question, are there different ways or usages in which they can heal? Um, Definitely. Uh, However, so there's a couple of things with plant medicine that uh, change the type of experience that you have. And those three things are your set and setting, which I'll get to in just a second, and the dose that you take. So within um, different types of plant medicines, they generally do have slightly different experiences that come alongside them. Uh, So for example, an LSD trip, um, which is synthetic, but an LSD trip lasts upwards of 12 hours, whereas a DMT trip, if you're taking pure DMT, um, can be a 10 minute experience. Um, So they do come with different experiences, although there are some cornerstones that are, pretty, uh, common in all of them, but the dose can really change the experience. So, um, for healing purposes, if people are talking about really wanting to heal trauma or wounds that are very deep seated, then generally you're talking about, um, a, a really big high dose trip under the guidance of a, uh, trip sitter or guide. Um, but one thing that people might be familiar with uh, that's becoming more and more common as well is what's called a microdose. And a microdose is like a sub-perceptible amount. It's a very, very, very tiny amount um, to where you don't notice any psychedelic um, or things that are characteristic of the psychedelic experience. But a lot of times people will feel in general just a bit more light or creative or focused or connected to others. Um, So, people use microdosing for many reasons, but, um, some of the most common ones are to manage things like social anxiety or depression. Uh, it's quite popular in like Silicon Valley. You hear a lot that there are, uh, creatives that like to use it because it helps them stay focused or problem solved. Um, so that would be the the main difference. It's, uh, less per se about the, uh, drug of choice, if you will. And I know that word drug has such a, can have such a negative connotation, but the dosage really changes the experience and uh, should be tailored to why you are choosing to experience it.
0: So, just because you mentioned that you're in the Netherlands and how truffles are legal there, um, I'm in North Carolina in the United States and we also have truffles, but they're usually served with like steaks and you know meals. So I'm guessing it's a different a different kind of truffle. Um, <laughs> But so it's a very I,
1: I, very different type of truffle, good, yeah. <laughs> okay, good.
0: Okay. So I'm just i just make sure I'm tracking with you. Um, and and when we're talking about healing with uh with these uh, mushrooms and the different types of uh, plants, are we talking about emotional uh, traumatic healing? Are we talking about physical healing? Are we talking about neurological healings? Like, is there or or are there? Or are we talking about all of it? Uh.
1: In short, all of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, it, for for people who are really wanting to learn uh, more, I actually highly recommend. Uh, there's a book by Michael Pollan uh, that came out in the last year called How to Change Your Mind, and uh, he's the same author who wrote uh, The Omnivore's Dilemma. Um, there's a couple of other that are escaping me right now, but he's a, a really wonderful journalist and. Uh, he decided to explore this concept of psychedelics and write this amazing uh, book about it. Uh, it. It can be quite heavy for some people, but uh, it's also very, very, very thorough. And he covers in a lot of detail where the current research stands on how psychedelics work for healing. And there's a lot that's still unknown, but one of the the things that is coming out about psychedelics is that it can help heal the brain. And it can also help people revisit uh, traumas in a safe way. Uh, So for example, PTSD is one of the most common things that's currently being researched in terms of the healing capabilities of psychedelics. And what's really interesting about that is that a lot of times people with PTSD, they will relive their trauma, which is why um, uh, outbursts or episodes or things can trigger them and they can sort of relive it. But when they're not reliving it, they shut it off and they become very like numb and disconnected. When you introduce psychedelics in a very safe setting with uh, someone who is highly educated on the topic, and can hold safe space for these people. What psychedelics allow someone who's been through PTSD to do is to relive the trauma in a safe space. So they can relive the trauma while their brain and nervous system feel safe, so they can actually work through the trauma and then basically uh, heal from or get over the trauma. So there's been really cool. There's actually, um, let me grab it super quickly. Um, but there's another book called the, uh, it's called acid test. And it's by an author named Tom Schroeder. And he specifically talks about the use of psychedelics in healing PTSD. Uh, it's also really good for understanding some of the science as to how therapists think this works, but basically you put the nervous system in this really safe space to explore the trauma in more detail. And um, some of the trials that have come out from this have been absolutely mind blowing. People will do two to three sessions with a therapist over the course of six months and completely heal their trauma from their PTSD, which is absolutely unheard of for especially people with really uh, significant and severe PTSD.
0: So that's, ah, uh, that's fascinating because on my, like during my original strength journey, um, I have come to the point where I think the power of, of original strength or really the power of movement is that it, it allows the nervous system to feel safe. And when the nervous system feels safe, the person can, the body can freely express itself optimally. But it's not just physical, right? It's also emotional and mental as well. And so movement's that kind of low-hanging fruit backdoor way to if you can make your body feel safe or nervous system feel safe through movement, you have an opportunity to to help the emotions and and the mind as well through movement. But so this sounds like too is another way, another avenue to help the nervous system feel safe that really helps the emotional trauma heal that could also still though lend itself down to the physical aspect of the body as well. Is that
1: kind of correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and I do want to caution here. So one of the big things I mentioned briefly before that I think is super important to bring up um, as well. So there's two concepts as well with psychedelics in addition to the dosage that are really important. And that's this concept of set and setting psychedelics are incredibly powerful and they can really, really, really take you to the core of who you are as a person. And most, not most, all of us have um, our light sides, but we all have our our shadow sides, our dark sides, or the things that we struggle with, or, you know, the trauma that we're brought up with. And psychedelics don't allow you to hide from those things which is one of the reasons why they can be so powerfully healing, but only if they're done with the right mindset. So that's where the word set comes from and in the right setting. Um, so it's not, when you hear about people having bad experiences on psychedelics, a lot of times it's because they're doing them at a concert around you know, hundreds of people or they just went through a breakup and their mindset's very raw. And so you can have negative experiences to psychedelics if your mindset's not in a place where you're ready to heal. And if you're not in a setting that's conducive to you feeling safe. And that's one of the reasons why it's also really important um, to make sure that if, if it's something you choose to explore, that you put a lot of research into it and that you don't just do psychedelics uh, with anyone?
0: So psychedelics aside for a second, mindset mm-hmm. is extremely important in a person's general state of well-being anyway, because how you hold your mind or your mindset will affect whether or not your nervous system feels safe to begin with. So I can only imagine that if your mindset is already making your nervous system feel unsafe and you're in a state of kind of negativity that that would not be good to amplify then (laughs) so that makes a lot of sense to me
1: yeah exactly and that's one of the reasons why um, psychedelics sometimes have such a bad rep that they have is because they're taken recreationally without the consideration of how, without the consideration and the respect actually of how powerful they are and how um, inward and deep and connected they can bring you to yourself.
0: So for, uh, say a person has, they, they have the right mindset uh, and the setting is, so the setting is basically the environment that they put around themselves to have the, uh, the healing experience?
1: Exactly, so uh, that can be the people that you're with. So it's generally not recommended that you do psychedelics alone, uh, although there are plenty of people that call themselves psychonauts, if you will, so basically psychedelic explorers that uh, have done it plenty of times on their own, but they also understand the experience well enough to be able to hold that kind of space for them. Um, Yeah, so it's generally recommended you don't do it alone, but the people that you choose to do it alongside with are incredibly important, but your environment is equally as important. So um, you become overly sensitive to everything when you are uh, using plant medicines. So being in a quiet, nurturing space is really important. A lot of times, uh, most professionals who are in the field or researchers usually recommend that it's done in like a very cozy living room type of space or even your own home. Or uh, also a lot of times people will recommend nature because that's also one of the characteristics of plant medicines is that they make you feel really connected in a very deep way, not just to yourself, but to those around you. And also th- the universe or. Uh, the world or the source or God, whatever it is, but uh, they can elicit these very spiritual uh, experiences and nature makes that feel that much more intense, which can be really, really cool and powerful.
0: Awesome. So right mindset, right setting, and then right dosage um, for the best step forward for healing. What, What are... Do you have any stories or like examples of how, how people heal with plant medicines?
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I have my own stories that I can share. Um, one of the things that makes sharing these types of stories really challenging is because generally they transcend words. So it is really challenging to fully express how ex- an experience goes in words and actually get the point across. Um, But I will do I will do my best and I'm happy to share. Uh, But I think it was I had done psychedelics a handful of times before, but I was really craving an even like bigger dose or deeper experience and I wasn't comfortable doing it on my own. So I actually hired guides here in, in Amsterdam. And, uh, I interviewed a couple of people and I found two women that really resonated with me. And, uh, so one day in January, I went to their house and their house is set up. It's very, very cozy and you spend a lot of time getting to know them before the session as well, so that you know that you can really trust them. You spend some time before you actually take the truffles as well, just making sure that things feel, feel comfortable and good. Um, but. I had been struggling, especially with uh, what some people would call like a mother wound. So I grew up with a single mom. Uh, my mom was quite abusive. We're not very close um, at, at all. Uh, I would say we don't even really have a relationship. And there's a lot of things that keep uh, coming up for me over the years especially considering my struggles with depression that I'm pretty certain are tied in with my relationship to my mother. So um, I explicitly wanted to explore this with this trip. So that is the other thing that you'll hear a lot as well is that it's really important uh, when you're having these big trips for healing that you go in with an intention. And that intention helps guide the experience a little bit and helps. uh, it can help keep you grounded and focused. It's very similar to the intention that we set at the start of a yoga class, actually. You have an intention for that hour, and when your mind and body gets distracted or you start to lose focus, you just come back to the intention and it pulls you back into your practice. So that was my intention. I wanted to explore my relationship with my mother. And... Uh, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but within, I think, 45 minutes of ingesting the truffles, um, I decided I wanted to be in the bathtub. So we moved to the bathtub and it was like the whole world around me got really dark and I was immediately transported. And again, bear with me because this sounds absolutely crazy, uh, but I was transported into my mother's womb. I was a child. I was a baby in my mother's womb. And without me guiding it, my body was just doing its thing. And it was like I was um, almost in labor myself. And my body was undulating a lot during this period. And I was so strongly connected with my mother during that time. And when I could experience my own birth, one of the things that hit me like a ton of bricks was my mother didn't want me. She and it's not that maybe she didn't want me, but my mom had me very, very young. She was a single mom, and I could feel the intense fear that she had giving birth to me. And it was such a cathartic experience because in that moment, I had no hatred for her, I had nothing but compassion. Because for me, this experience of my birth was beautiful. And I felt so connected to myself as a woman. And I felt connected to my mom as a woman. And I was so sad for her that there was so much fear that she couldn't experience that. Wow. And it it just, you know, and that was just the first hour of a six-hour trip. Like, (laughs) Uh, this this experience was incredibly deeply healing. Um, And it's it's not super common, but it's not uncommon for people to experience their births or to re-experience their births on psychedelics. Um, I had read about it before. It's not something that I'm sure I ever really fully believed or was bought into until it happened to me. And I can definitively say that I was... That Those memories that were there in my brain, it's like I set the intention and the medicine or plant medicine, if you will, was like, cool, you, you want to go there? We're going to go we're going to go right to the root of it.
0: That's amazing. Um, and, and and I know you said words can't capture it. And but if I could boil everything down that you just said to like almost one word, it sounds like you just had an amazing experience of love in that, in that moment or, you know, in that, in that part of your journey, the first 45 minutes of your,
1: (laughs) yeah, Yeah, no, it, it, it really was. And I think, um, there, there was so much, um, baggage that I had no choice, but to let go of because of the, the, the compassion and the empathy and the love that was felt in that moment and the, just the, the understanding of, you know, certain elements of, of my childhood.
0: So, and this, this might be a weird question and I don't, I don't even know if you can answer it, but if you had such a, a beautiful loving moment in the first hour of a six-hour uh, trip or journey what happened in the the next five hours or like did it did it all just like was it like a huge wave and then it just all drifted down from there or like 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 what does that like
1: um, well it's different every time so uh, oftentimes uh, you'll hear people who have had these types of experiences say like you know that the plant medicine gave me what I needed Um, and, and what you need in any given moment and for any given intention and for what point you are in your life is going to be completely different from any other point you might, um, go into an experience like this. Um, so, so it's, it's really hard to say there's, there's no one size fits all, but, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I explored so much during that trip. Um, one of the other things that really came up for me as well, uh, at a certain point you're so in tune with your senses and sensations and i was so connected to my breath and breathing and breath work is something that's really really important for me and you always not always but you might hear sometimes like in a yoga class for example the instructor might say like you know imagine breathing into your individual cells and for a lot of people that's that's too far-fetched, like I can't, I can't even breathe into my big toe, like let alone imagine breathing into all of my individual cells of my body, but because you become so connected and sensitive to everything in your being, I had this really beautiful moment of just being able to explore my breath in that way, and I could close my eyes, and I was my breath, and my breath was me, and there was zero distinction, and I could literally take my breath, and I could play with it by allowing it to go to individual sales. Like I could experience it on that level. It was really, really powerful. And at a certain point as well, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, I've always, always uh, been uh, in awe of breath work and what the breath can do. But it was in that moment where I was really like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And this is what I'm supposed to give to people and this is what i'm supposed to help people experience is how they can understand that the breath can be so powerfully nurturing and healing and energetic and calm and you are your breath and your breath is you and it was just this moment of intense clarity and what's really cool about psychedelic experiences as well is they can be so powerful that when i practice breathwork now, even though this, was, this experience was over a year ago, I can bring those sensations back into my body. Prior, prior to that moment, if a teacher were to tell me, like, try and breathe into every cell in your body, I'd be like, yeah, 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 okay, like, it's a bit too hippy for me. But because I experienced it so intensely and vividly, it doesn't take much for me to call that back into my space.
0: So you actually gained a new ability um, from from that particular moment
1: um, yeah i haven't i haven't looked at it that way but i guess you could say that that's that's the case yeah
0: so you are your breath and your breath is you um do you are you able to help other people uh experience that their breath is them or they
1: are their breath um you know, I sure hope so. I sure try. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, that's uh, a lot of this type of healing work is something that just has to be experienced. And I also think it's so personal and it does transcend words. Uh, I can hold space for people, but I'll never truly understand or be able to understand um, what it means for them, how it feels for them. Uh, it's, it's such a personal thing, but yeah, I, 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 really hope that I, um, am able to gift people that, that sensation and feeling of being so closely connected to their breaths.
0: So I've got more questions now. Um, just for, for people listening, uh, wherever they are, when you say you can hold space for people, Can you uh, dive into what that what that means or explain what what you mean when you say whole space for people? Uh,
1: Yeah, so I think um, I think this is one of the things that you all at Original Strength do really, really, really well for people. Uh, But it's creating a space of safety so that people can be vulnerable Um, and generally when people are trying to help other people, there's this very large ego part. I want to help them because I want to help them. Um, I know this makes me feel good. So I want them to feel this because I want them to feel good. Um, holding space goes beyond that. It's not about you and it's really about turning off yourself and just. Opening up a safe vessel or a container so that someone can explore themselves Themselves
0: Awesome, I, I that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Um, thank you cool. yeah.
0: so My next question is when you're helping people Learn how to become their breath or be one with their breath. Are you are you able to do that with? plant medicines or without plant medicines or both?
1: That is a good question. So I myself am not, um, uh, I don't use plant medicines with other people. Uh, let me put it that way. So I, I don't think that I am qualified, um, to do that. Um, I have, uh, there is something called trip sitting, which basically just means that people are, are staying safe. Um, and I have done some trip sitting for some friends, uh, but that is very different from guiding someone when they're on psychedelics. When someone is on a psychedelic or plant medicine, you can also be incredibly, um, your environment can be molded in so many different ways. And there's a lot of power and responsibility uh, that comes with that. Um, and, and I do think that it requires a lot of study and education in that realm specifically.
0: So um, yeah, I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's actually yeah. very exciting to me because I'm assuming that most people listening don't have access legally to uh, the plant-based medicines we're talking about. So which, that's what makes this exciting is, is how can you, like if you were going to help somebody become one with their breath, yeah. how do you do that?
1: Uh, well, one of the things that is really important to me, and actually, uh, Dr. Perry Nicholson from Stop Chasing Pain, he, he just posted something about this today. And it's something I so firmly believe in. Um, a lot of people try to jump to the advanced stuff way too quickly. You cannot work with your breath until you have a consistent breath awareness practice. Um, So you need to learn how to listen to your breath before you can learn how to manipulate the breath. So for me, that's the most powerful starting point is just teaching someone how to listen and learn how their breath guides them or how their breath interacts with them. Once Once they can comfortably get to a space where uh, they're a lot more aware and in tune with their breath, then you can start going to the more advanced stuff, if you will. And you can start playing with breath control techniques, uh, playing with the breath to elicit certain responses. Uh, But really, it starts with breath awareness. And if you can really get someone to become really aware of their breath, a lot of times, it doesn't even like the breath control stuff. Even though it's the most exciting on paper, it doesn't even matter anymore.
0: So, how for breath awareness 101? Yeah. What would, what would that look like for the person that they know they can breathe because they're alive, but that's about it? So, what is what is breath awareness 101 look like?
1: Um, the the easiest thing to do. Uh, in my opinion, in in a whatever space feels comfortable for a person in whatever position is just to try and find their breath somewhere in their body, wherever that is. And that's going to be different from person to person. And if someone can't find it, usually they need a little um, external stimulus. So a, a very easy one is you can just lick your finger a little bit so that you have a bit more uh, feedback and you can just hold it under your nose. And then most people are able to find it under their nose. If they don't have that external stimulus of the sensations from their finger, even sometimes they can't even feel the air uh, entering and exiting their nose. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> have you not experienced this?
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm generally, I, I would like to think I'm aware of my breath, <laughs> but, yeah. but I, I can feel it when I breathe. So I, I, yeah. I would imagine I would be able to feel it on my finger.
1: Yeah. Well, not, not everyone can, um, not, we live in a world in which there's so much stimulus that your brain will turn off whatever it can Ah. to to keep you, yeah. uh, to keep you from going crazy. So it's not uncommon for people to lose sensations in their bodies over time. Um, I, I don't know if you've experienced this, uh, working with people in movement, uh, but especially when I was a new coach, sometimes I'd be shocked because I'd like tell someone to like lift their right leg and their like left arm would go out to the side and you'd be like, no, no, no. Like, can you tap your right foot? And they're like, yeah, I am as their left arms, like wiggling out to the side, Um, And your breath is the same way. You can sort of lose those sensations. So if you can't, if you're just like calm and you're like, I can't feel it anywhere. I can't feel it in my chest. I can't feel it in my stomach. I can't feel it in my hips, my pinky. Um, Yeah, just take like, wet your finger a little bit, hold it under your nose. And then however long you can focus on it, just start to think about what it feels like. What, um, What sensations come up for you? Uh, what's the texture? Is it round? Is it uh, fuzzy? Uh, does it have a color? Uh, these are all questions, if you're curious enough, that you can start to play with. And then, if you do that frequently enough, um, every day, let's say, or even not every day, but maybe a couple of times a week, you'll start to notice that your breath changes with your environment. And then you can start to make these patterns. Oh, My breath is feeling kind of silky thick today. Oh, it felt like that last week as well. Oh, what was going on last week that might be gone? Oh, that's really interesting. So you can start to build these patterns um, around your breath. Oh, today I'm feeling it more here. I've never felt that before. Or I know when I'm calm, I can always feel it here. And that's really, it's just just a practice and it's just... um, The more you can be curious about it, the better you can become at it.
0: I I resonate with that. Um, And now I'm completely aware that my awareness of my breath has a lot of work I could do, like as far like textures and colors and things like that. I was like, wait a minute. I'm aware of where I'm breathing and how it feels, but I've never thought about it in terms of textures and colors or anything like that
1: yeah and and it's cool actually and if you if you think too much about it you'll block yourself
0: yes yeah uh thought can stop movement like simple movements so i can only imagine that if you're thinking too much about your your breath or or the textures of it that that could probably trip you up as well
1: yeah definitely but yeah it's just um yeah i'd be really interested if you if you try it sometime um, yeah, just see what kind of visuals come up with your, when your eyes are closed and you're just focused on your breath. And oh. it, it's a really cool way to connect with it on a, on a deeper level.
0: We're friends now, so I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> what I come cool. up with. I can't so wait. I have a question. So you were talking about PTSD earlier um, as far as how plant-based medicines can help with PTSD. And I know that breath work also helps with or can help with PTSD uh, to a great, great deal. Combined, is that a, a thing where combining breath, breath work with plant-based medicines could be very beneficial for someone?
1: Definitely. So in in the plant medicine world, um, so there's quite a few legal studies going on in the U S and Canada now, which is pretty cool. Um, in the Netherlands, there are a couple of like retreat centers that have group based psychedelic sessions. And then there's, uh, quite a few like individual guides that do one-on-one sessions here and almost always in those modalities, breath work goes hand in hand. Um, so it's, uh, What's also really important about plant medicine is you can have the most powerful experience in the world, but if you don't do something with it, and if you don't learn how to integrate it into your life, it loses its efficacy. So it's really important that there's intention going in, but that there's intention coming out to actually learn from, utilize, and incorporate what you learned during your experience. And breathwork is really powerful because it can help you reconnect to your experience. It can also teach you as well. Um, a lot of times it can be used uh, prior to an experience to teach you, uh, uh, so, so there are there's a type of breathwork called holotropic breathwork. Are you familiar with this?
0: I am not certain that I am. I think that may be the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> well,
1: so holotropic breathwork is a type of breathwork that actually can simulate a psychedelic experience.
0: Ah, yes. Yeah, so I know nothing about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's really uh, cool and powerful because as soon as you stop the breathwork, that psychedelic experience stops, and that's not the case uh, if you're on plant medicine. If you're on plant medicine, you're you're on the journey. There's nothing stopping it until the journey's over. Um, so holotropic breathwork is also something that uh, is used by a lot of people t- to give um, people who've never had psychedelic experiences before a little insight into what they can expect, and then it can actually make the experience a little less scary. Okay. But Again, it can also help you reconnect with the experience after the fact as well so that you can continue to learn from and integrate what you've learned during your experience.
0: Why do you think, and, and, and out of curiosity, so if, if the plant-based medicines can help a person heal traumatically or emotionally because they make the nervous system feel safe, do you know how or why? they're so effective at quickly doing something in a trip or a journey that may take a person years of therapy or or unsuccessful therapy even to you know like what is it about them that helps a person just become free so fast
1: yeah um so michael Pollan's book the last couple of chapters um goes into uh, a lot more detail than I can probably provide. So it's a it's a resource I highly recommend uh, for people who wanna learn more about this. Um, the unfortunate answer is, no one really knows exactly how it works. But one of the theories that's coming up as well is that um, uh, there's actually, um, and I'm losing my words here, my apologies but you can actually recreate a lot of your neural connections in your brain from a dose of psychedelics. So that's one of the theories as to how the, how they work. So you have all of these connections that get severed over time, that get severed from a traumatic experience, um, from not using areas of your brain, and psychedelics can actually um, help reconnect parts of your brain that have lost connection, which is pretty cool.
0: So they light the brain back up, so
1: to speak. They light the brain back up and there's actually been some um, MRI studies done on people while on psychedelics and the uh, the images are astounding
0: so to your no one really knows an uh, statement I, I think the beautiful thing about I know, I know everybody wants to know like science how things work before they'll buy into it and stuff like that but for even with the uh, original strength or how the body's designed to move, you know, people want to get down into the, well, why does this work? The mechanics of it, the science and all this concrete stuff. And often I'm like, well, look, do you want to know how to turn the lights on in the building? Or do you want to know how the electricity and all that stuff works to make the lights turn on? Like I know how to flip the switch. <laughs> so yeah. basically what you're saying is to me is that these things just flip the switch. And things get beautiful or can't have the opportunity to become beautiful
1: yeah I I, I think so and that that's a really interesting way of putting it Um, for me one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this as well and I I mentioned this briefly but I don't really know what adulthood is like without the fog of depression Uh, it's been quite a constant in all of my adult life and it was not the first time, but I think it was the second time I um, took psychedelics or plant plant medicine, it was literally like someone had put glasses on me and I could see the world so much clearly. And all of a sudden, for literally the first time in my adult life, I was like, oh, oh this is how the world actually is. Oh my God, my vision is like so much more uh, clear and less foggy and clouded. And that experience really sat with me for many, many, many months. And then the first time I really started like really feeling that fog and cloud of depression again, it was easier for me to navigate it because I knew what I was, what it was supposed to look like, how things could feel. Um, So yeah, it's like putting glasses on a little bit. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Do you, are are psychedelics addictive?
1: No. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they are one of the safest uh, quote unquote drugs that exist when used with respect and properly. But um, it, because it's not a prescription drug, and people think of it as a drug. Um, a lot of times, people don't realize that there is a responsible, respectful, and correct way to use it. But that's the same with prescription drugs. Yes. It's just your, your your doctor writes, you know, how often and what dosage you take. Um, psychedelics are really the same way, and this is one of the reasons why uh, so many in um, the psychedelic space, from a psychological standpoint, a lot of like psychotherapists, for example, and psychologists. Um, they see so much potential in them for healing purposes because they're not addictive. Um, I think I've had, I've probably had personally five or six deep psychedelic experiences and I've also explored microdosing, but I don't, I don't have an urge to do psychedelics ever to right. be honest it, it it's a thing that you hold with respect and um they're also being explored for example actually this is quite a fun fact um the founder of alcoholics anonymous um his name is escaping me uh psychedelics were actually part of his original program because hmm. yes um And the reason this is, is one of the other things that people are finding with psychedelics is that with one or two experiences under the guidance of a psychologist or supervisor in the right set and setting can um, basically help people with their alcoholism or help them quit smoking. And it's one of the... Uh, it has one of the highest track records of success over any other medication or type of therapy for alcohol or smoking cessation.
0: I am a donor. I know you probably see me laughing a little bit. It's because when you said that about the Alcoholics Anonymous, every now and then something will come up or I'll learn something that makes me feel like I have been lied to my entire life. <laughs> like My whole life is a lie. Um, and I just find it is fascinating and it, and it is funny. Um, but that's that's that is a fun fact.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. And, um, you know, one of the other characteristics of psychedelics is especially in the right setting and with the right dose, they can elicit this very spiritual experience. Well, AA is very rooted in connecting spiritually to yourself. Yes. Um, And psychedelics, um, originally, it was hoped that they would be part of that plan and program
0: so you're saying there were originally 13 steps but now there's only 12.
1: (laughs) no i think you could have cut the 12 down to six if you just had this one extra step thrown in um but yeah so from that that aspect they're actually used to break addiction and they're not addictive
0: wow Brittany, this has been this has been a lot of fun and this was every bit as much fun as i thought it was going to be like so i'm Thank you so much for for sharing your your passion and your knowledge with us.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me and uh, yeah I I love talking um, and uh, just opening the discussion a bit about plant medicine and the possibilities because I do think um, yeah it's, it's for a lot of people it's not something that they've had a lot of exposure to or a lot of exposure to in in a healthy light uh, so to speak so
0: well, thank you so so much. I'm going to. If you're listening at home, guys, I will put the books that uh, How to Change Your Mind and The Acid Test in the notes uh, of the the podcast. Um, Brittany, if somebody wants to learn more about you in the Netherlands or Amsterdam, uh, how how can they find out about you and and the things the wonderful things you do? Because you you do breath work, uh, you you teach people, you do you help with yoga, you help with physical training, uh, basically holistic restoration. How, how can someone find out about you?
1: Uh, the easiest way is actually through my Instagram and that Instagram handle is wild.woman.strong.
0: Wild.woman.strong.
1: Yeah, you got it.
0: All right. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Brittany, thank you so much for, for your time. I will be back with you in a few weeks to let you know the texture and color of my breath work uh, awareness program that I'm working on. and. Guys, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Original Strength Podcast.